if I just read the news, if I just read the Wall Street Journal, CNN, whatever, uh, I would just go hide in my house and lock the doors and come out in six months. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. So today, Joe, uh, you know, over the last, call it 60, 90 days, uh, a lot of the, the world, the market has changed. And uh, it'd be great to spend a little bit of time reflecting on um, uncertainty, fear, uh, resiliency, when a market shifts and there's that uncertainty, you know, what is that? What does that mean? Yeah. And how do we navigate that? These have been really interesting times. We have gone from getting uh, interest rates on acquisitions in the mid threes to uh, now in the mid fives and pushing towards the sixes. Um, that has challenged us to to adjust cap rates and exit cap rates and has especially challenged us to be very diligent in pricing. Um, there's uh, a big a big part of this business is making your money going in and not overpaying. Yeah. And so we've uh, some of the deals that were on the board we've scrapped. Um, all of the deals we have gone back and challenged for better pricing. Yeah. And we it has been a these, this last month this last couple months has been uh, a unique period of grinding in this business and. Yeah, it, it reminds me, to some degree, uh, you know, we started the firm in December of 08, uh, right at the cusp of the Great Depression or Great Recession or Global Financial Crisis, whatever you want to call it. I think they, the easiest way to sum that up is the deepest real estate recession since the Great Depression. December of 08 was about the time through 11, or I think 11 was officially the bottom of that recession, but... From 08 to 13, it was a very uh, challenging time in, in commercial real estate. Uh, I remember, you know, a lot of six, you know, six-month concessions on office tenants and those sorts of things. And as we were starting the business then, we were, uh, we had a brokerage piece to what we were doing, and we were selling foreclosures. I remember notifying business owners that their building was going to be sold, <laughs> uh, and I was their first point of contact between them and the bank, and those were... And going into assets that uh, had been neglected, or you know, the owner locked the door and walked away. Yeah, it was. They were ghost towns. You'd go into a dentist office, and they. It's like they just left. It was. Yeah. They were weird, weird times, but uh, it was really. Those were really special times, and that we had to be really creative in our deal making. Uh, timelines were really critical. Underwriting buyers and their capital was very critical. It very much informed the way we built this firm. Uh, we we built the firm in in uh, not with a distressed mindset, but with a mindset of what could be and yeah. what distress looks like. One, so much of what we saw was the a case of uh, the debt situation, mm -hmm. because debt is what ultimately makes a uh, owner of a property make bad choices. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or rather be forced to make bad choices. We saw so many situations where whether an owner wanted to or not, there were decisions being made about that property that you step back and say, this is not in the best interest of that property. This is not how you attain the highest value, but because of the lender situation, this is what's happening.
That was, those were, those were interesting times though, in that interest rates stayed very low, and you had high tenant vacancy. So, uh, especially on office and industrial, especially office, uh, high levels of vacancy, and also low, very very low prices. Uh, today we've got uh, a different animal. We've got debt yeah. moving, we've got cap rates moving, but we have tremendous. Uh, we have very low vacancy and rents that are still growing by the month. And, and very supply-constrained markets across yeah. product types, too. And, and ultimately, I think the word that we're looking for is uncertainty. Yeah. You know, it's it's a different type of uncertainty, but there are moving parts and moving pieces to how this unfolds over the next 6, 12, 24 months. And, and those are the times that people could take kind of a, okay, uh, I'm just going to sit on my hands and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but there are also the times that, you know, those who are close to the ground that know the business, that know their markets, that you can arbitrage and take advantage of opportunities. The question is, are you a macro player? Or are you a micro player? Or are you both? I mean, the first answer is we have to take the macro into context. The second answer is, uh, I, you know, we we are uh, professionals, and for most of the assets we buy, we buy them from uh, wealthy families or more local players, people that aren't working as hard as often as we are. So for every deal we do, there's ten or fifteen other offers that went in that we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, every property sells. I'd like to think that we're getting the best of of that bunch. And with every deal we do, we've underwritten uh, a value add to it uh, that we can affect immediately, regardless mm-hmm. of the market. So if you're just saying like, all right, the market's here, it's going to go to here, and then it's going to go to here. I want to be like a stock. Like I want to be on the right side of that stock movement. Well, okay, that makes sense. But um, everything we buy, while we must take into context the curve, uh, we're coming in in the middle of the wave and we're working like heck to build value. So number one, we're I think we're buying better than virtually yeah. every in, everyone in our markets yeah. by nature of the size and scope of our business and our experience. And number two, we're adding value more efficiently and better than I think uh, anyone else in our markets. So yeah, and and ultimately, with a value add strategy, that should be able to be deployed in any market cycle. Obviously, when the market's good. We all get paid more for the work we do um, because there's momentum behind and and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, uh, the the description of the non-sophisticated or unprofessional seller selling to a professional owner that happens in any market cycle. There's there's opportunity in any market cycle. Sure is easier when there's not a fear running rampant. <laughs> Uh, when capital is moving and everyone sees the market go up month by month, it is it's easy to pick your best bet. You know, offer on fifteen, offer on twenty, get one. But hey, the mark market's going up month by month. Like it's great, but you're still riding that wave. And so when the wave uh, recedes, uh, the question is: Are you going to shrink back in fear, or are you going to be more selective, dig harder? continue to grind for value, and that's what we're doing. We're in the business of, frankly, buying and selling uh, in, in all markets at the right time um, when we've added the right amount of value and we, we think it's the right time in the market. But uh, we will continue to buy this year, and 
we will we will grind for value and we've we've been grinding well so <laughs> speak a little bit to that uh you know I, the word that comes to mind for me is resiliency and that's you know in the face of fear or uncertainty how we respond to that uh i'd love to you know hear a little bit about what resiliency looks like for us today well, it's our almost 15th year in business and building a business from scratch takes a tremendous amount of resiliency and courage and uh, ability to create and sustain. And I think that that translates, building a, a, a business currently with 53 people translates well into investing. The ability to show up every day and do the task in front of you with, and sometimes it's just don't think, just work. And you can't, like you can't control the outcome, you can control your actions. So mm-hmm. I can offer today. I can push. And you can destroy, uh, control your decisions. Too. You control your decisions. Yeah. So on the offers that we have in, every single time I'm pushing for more value. I'm even on a you know twenty million or fifteen million dollar offer to push harder for that extra few hundred grand at the end. Like you, like you put you 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 fought for that first increment. Maybe you fought for a second inc- increment. Um, I think the a hallmark of these times is you fight for a third increment. And if I'm not pushing to save that last few hundred grand, you know, which is a pretty small percentage of the deal, then we haven't done our jobs. And um, those translate to uh, basis points in IRR. And yeah. so we are underwriting to higher IRRs these days by probably four points, three points. And... Um, so far, so far, we've been finding it. What about what about uh, offers and uh, deal pipeline? Yeah, in this environment, it's different. It's different. In uh, the, there's the saying that in declining markets, sellers are the last to notice, and buyers are the first to notice. So buyers are like, "Hey, it's a different world," and sellers are like, "No, it's not. Nope, nope, it's the same world." <laughs> and then, and then when the market's going the other way, uh, buyers are like, mm, "You know, I want last year's price," and the sellers are like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" You know, so yeah, the market's uh, changed. <laughs> it, it, it goes both ways, but um, we're currently in a point where many sellers are unaware that the world has changed or acting unaware. <laughs> right, and, and <laughs> if they don't need to sell and they think they have some time, then they that's a fine approach. But as yeah. on the buy side. It's our job to sift through dozens and dozens of buyers to find those that are ready to move on and yeah. willing to pay today's price, not well, January's price. I mean, arguably, sell this, it today's yeah, price. arguably, this is the first time in a decade that, as the buyer, uh, we we would rather have today's price than six month ago price. And the for trick the last is what's six decade, months from now's price. <laughs> I know exactly, and and but the the last decade has been, uh, I'll take it today because tomorrow it's going to be you know, a higher price, and and now you know we're it's shifting, but it's you know it's it's a it's a function of how much are we market timers versus are we focused on factoring in the variables. And making our best decision at that moment, because market timers would say, "I'm sitting on the sideline. Wait, wait till I see that bottom, till I feel like I, it's it's rested right there." And usually, what that means is that it's already started to go back up before you're re-entering the market. Our our job is to factor in all inputs right now, and in real time, adjust. I mean, the, the amount of adjustments that we've made in our 
underwriting, our uh, offers, our exit cap rates, everything over the last four months mm-hmm. has been su- substantially different than, than what we had 12 months ago. Because the market, the world has changed. What's interesting is right in this moment, in July of 2022, there's a fair amount of groups that are saying, wait. And they're saying, I'm going to pause for three, four months and let this next round of interest rate increases happen. Let something happen. Get a better feel for things. On the one hand, I understand. On the one hand, we're doing that to some degree. On the other hand, there is this like breathless moment right now where there's very little competition in the market. And for the right seller and us as the right buyer, yep. there are some deals on the table right now that are absolutely worth doing and should be done. And hey, uh, this is what we do. So uh, yeah. we are here to hunt and hunt for those deals. Yeah, and it, it may mean sifting through more deals to get there, but they, I, I agree, it's, it's a supply and demand thing. And right now we have a moment in time where there's a bit of a pause. And if we can still find that seller that is motivated to do something right now, then uh, you know we can, we can uh, find value. We're working with a, on a portfolio that um, was on market. It's now off market with a large national seller, normally someone we wouldn't buy from. But uh, in this change, we've been able to retrade it hard, really, really hard. And also um, uh, uh, parse off the pieces of the portfolio that we really want. Mm-hmm. Two things we could have never done a few months ago uh, when the market was good. Absolutely could not have done. And right in this moment, the, this breathless moment, uh, I love the deal that we're working on. And we don't have yeah. it yet, and I'm not going to say, but yeah. um, these, are the, these are the deals that need to be done right now and should be done. And if we took four months off and... You know, sat on the beach somewhere, we'd miss on on these deals. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, our history of navigating through all the distress of the Great Recession, um, the the uh, foreclosures, it it um, gave us a perhaps a higher tolerance for being in the presence of factors that could cause fear. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, it, it gave us a comfort level. It, it's it's not like, oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. Yeah. It isn't like, oh, this is just like what happened last time, and it's going to happen this way. We all know that the world does not unfold in exactly the same way. There's that you know famous phrase that it's you know it doesn't it doesn't repeat exactly the same. It rhymes. But it rhymes. Yeah. You know, it rhymes. But which way is it going to rhyme? Yeah. <laughs> I, the, I often play the opposite game in my head. Like, um, all right, I think it's going to do this. What if it does exactly the opposite? And, like, how would that happen? And so often that, that is what happens. So, so the crowd may be planning for this scenario, and it's going to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I sort of like to, to bet the opposite way, but, but know what our outcome is on both sides. Yeah, uh, but if you're thinking in a contrarian way, usually you have an advantage over, over the whatever the herd's doing. Yeah, it's a you know, charging towards danger or contrarian view, with an eye toward the exit. You know, it's uh, always knowing that what that, you know, kind of worst case is versus the base case. We're in a unique spot though. 
um, our firm's in a unique spot because if we re- just read, if I just read the news, if I just read the Wall Street Journal, CNN, whatever, uh, I would just go hide at my house and lock the doors and come <laughs> out in six months. Like, based on the headlines, uh, you know, it's a scary world out there. But our job's different. We are, like we are where uh, real estate investing in our markets touches the ground. Like this is the tarmac. We are at the tarmac. Like I and our team and you mm-hmm. are at the actual buildings talking to the actual tenants. And the capital uh, and the investors that rely on us uh, are a step or two removed from that. We take we often do property tours and that sort of thing. But we're the ones that are like offer, 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 offer. And we're like sampling all the time. We're sampling like, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? What do we think of that? Whoa. And then we see one and it's like that, that is better than the seven we just offered on that price per square foot, that price per door, the rents relative to market, the that sub-market. seller profile, yeah. that sub market. Like yeah. when you're like sample, 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 you can, on, you can get that best one. And so it's really important that we keep sampling and we keep making decisions that are appropriate because our job is not to make decisions um, as our investors would two or three steps removed. They, they hired us for a reason. We're mm-hmm. on the ground, like we're mm-hmm. there and it's our job to make ground level decisions. And I think we're an absolutely great firm at doing that. Yeah. And I think uh, obviously six months from now, a lot of this will have unfolded or, or uh, settled. But I think at the end of the day, um, in every environment, being able to factor in all of the inputs in that environment and make the best investment decisions then is a critical uh, feature of a, you know, a durable investor. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit grisetapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investors' tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.